Let's invite our speaker for this morning. Father God, we want to thank you so much for your presence and for your beautiful word, which we have been uh, feasting on the last few weeks. And we want to thank you as we come to the end of the series that you have done some very deep work in our lives, in our minds and our hearts. And you have drawn us closer to yourself. You have given us a clearer picture of our shepherd uh, metaphor here, Lord God, as we understand how, how much Jesus loves us, has given himself for us. This morning, I want to pray for those who are here for the first time and they're listening to this message perhaps for the first time or they're new to the Bible or to Christian faith. Father, I want to ask your blessing on them and that they would really experience physically and, and emotionally and spiritually uh, an embrace from you through your people. They would feel, feel your love and they would know your, your, uh, your love toward them, your compassion toward them. The fact that you know everything that's going on in their life and you have answers. You always, always have answers because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall never be found wanting. I will, I will never be in need. I have everything I need. Thank you, Father God, that you are our shepherd. And I pray, O oh God, for a deeper walk, a deeper commitment to you, to, to find in you and in your word everything we need. Speak to us, Lord, as we listen to your word now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are going to land this plane and we're at the end of Psalm 23 and I want us to uh, look at the last of the metaphors that we're going to be looking at over here. Psalm 23 verse 5 says, you prepare a banquet for me in the presence or in front of my enemies. You prepare a banquet for me in the presence of my enemies. Now we've looked at a few metaphors and the first thing we need to ask if we're going to get some benefit from this is what kind of banquet is this? What kind of banquet is this? Who are these enemies we're talking about? What does this banquet symbolize if it is a metaphor? And what's on the menu if it's a banquet? So we're at a banquet, who's throwing this banquet, who's, who's the host, who's, the, who's, going to, who's giving us this banquet, uh, who are our enemies and what's going on over here, why in the midst of our enemies and things like that. I believe today God has a very special word for us in order to encourage us and give us an understanding of how God lifts us up when we are down how he takes us through difficult times and when we're going through difficult times right in the middle of that he lifts us up are you ready if you've got your notes and you've got your your pens or pencils let's get started with this the first question i want to answer this morning is what kind of banquet is this so let's look at it word for word a very short sentence let's look at it word for word you prepare for me a banquet in front of my enemies you prepare a banquet in front of my enemies you that's God himself he's talking to God he says you are the host you're the one throwing the party he says you prepare a banquet this is a well-planned banquet this is a, a, a meal that God has planned for you a feeding that God has planned for you it's not on the spot it's not a drive-by it's not a quick bite God has food for you for the right time in the right place for me, he says, I'm the guest of honor. You prepare a banquet for me. I'm the one you are preparing it for. I'm the one you are you're doing this for. In front of my enemies, in front of, that's in public, in full view, not in secret. 
We often think that, think that God will reward us in secret for our public character, but God wants to reward you with his presence and celebrating you in public. So it's a public thing. It's in front of everyone. It's not in secret. God wants to honor you. He wants to honor you in public. And lastly, he says, in front of my enemies. It's in the battlefield, right where the battle is, right in the middle of the battle. God wants to honor you. So that's what the banquet is all about. What are the forces that oppose God's best for me? What are some of the situations or the forces or the, or the sources that come against me? 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, We can't afford to be ignorant about Satan's tactics. Battlefield? We can't afford to be ignorant about Satan's tactics. The Bible says we have three enemies. Three enemies that are constantly at war with us. Believe it or not, some of them even feel like friends, but they're enemies. Number one, the world that is around me. The world is around me. John 16 verse 33 says, In this world, you will have tribulations and trials. In this world, you will have tribulations and trials. You'll have distress and frustration. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Take heart because I have overcome the world. So, so the Bible is saying, don't be shocked. Don't be shocked that the world is not working with you, for you, sympathetic towards you. Don't be shocked that life is a battle, that everything is hard, everything is uphill. Don't be, don't be taken by surprise about that. This is an anti-God value system world that we live in. It is an anti-character, anti-good world that we live in. I'm not saying the world is bad. I'm saying the world is not friends with God. And the world is one of the enemies. Don't be ignorant about the enemies around us. What's working against us? The second one is Satan is himself. Satan is against you. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, Be careful. Watch out for the attacks from the devil. Who is your great enemy? Watch out. In fact, Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, Our fight is not really against people on earth. No, but against the forces of evil in this spiritual world. Satan wants to attack you. Satan is an enemy. Satan does not love you. He does not care about you. And you're not the real enemy in the sense that his enemy is really God. He can't... He can't get to God. He can't reach God. He can't actually even take a pot shot at God. All he can do is hit out at God's children. If you want to hit back at me and you can't reach me, you could touch my, my son or you could touch my family or you could touch my people and I will, I will, I will get upset. It will bother me. And that's what Satan wants to do. That's how he gets back at God. He comes after you because God loves you and you're close to God's heart. He comes after you because you are his child and Satan is God's enemy and he wants to take you down. So that's not a surprise. So we have the world that's around us and we have Satan that's against us and we also have my old nature that's inside me. I have an old nature that is dying every day and should die every day. I have a nature that is dying while the nature of Christ is being born and being uh, strengthened every day in my life. And I'm living with two natures. And sometimes one of the other wins. And my old nature inside me is the biggest enemy of my spiritual nature. Look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 7. 
inside me, my old nature is at war with my new mind. My new mind, be renewed in your mind. That's what God has given us, which wants to do what's right. That's what my mind wants. But my old self fights back and keeps me struggling with my old patterns and my old sins. My old nature wants to drag me back into what was comfortable. My old nature wants to drag me back into what I knew to be me, what I enjoyed, what worshipped me, what was me. The old man is an enemy. So those are the three forces that are working against you. Are you in a battle? Yes, you are. Do you go through difficult times? Yes, you do. Do you have enemies working against you? Yes, you do. And right in the middle of the battlefield, in the presence of your enemies, God gives a banquet. What is this banquet? What's it symbolize? Look at number three. What does this banquet symbolize? Well, it symbolizes fellowship and approval. Fellowship and approval. Right in the middle of the battle, we don't want to know, we don't want to be confused of whether God is with us or against us. We want to be sure that God is for us, that He is fighting for us, that God is winning this battle for us, that we are on God's side and we and He is on ours. So it's all about encouragement during the battle. God wants you to feel His strength, His presence with you during the battle, right in the middle. Some of you are going through it right now. Most of you are going through it right now. All of us are going through something right now. It's either the world or the flesh or the devil. Some one of us, each and every one of us is going through something that we need to be picked up. We need to, because you're, you're tired. You're getting to this place where you feel enough. I, I, how long is this going to go on? I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to battle anymore. And God picks this up right in the middle. So God wants, number one, to fellowship with you. I just want to, I want to stop and think about that for a minute. God wants and he welcomes fellowship with you. Write it down. God wants and welcomes fellowship with me. He prepares a banquet for me while I'm under attack, while I'm going through a difficult time. Look at Psalm 5 verse 11. You welcome us with open arms when we run for cover to you. Are you hearing this, my brothers, my sisters, my friends? You, you, you welcome us with open arms. And when we run for cover to you, you welcome us with open arms. Let the party last all night. Stand guard over our celebration. Let the party last all That's some serious... Uh, end product we're looking at here the outcome we're looking at here this is what God is saying he's saying that while you are in the middle of your fight he's also and already gotten celebration going because that's how sure he is that you are going to win this that's how sure he is that he's going to take you through this that he's going to get you through this that there's going to be a celebration and the banquet in the middle, I hope you're getting this, the banquet in the middle of your attack, in the presence of your enemies, in the middle of your war, is a sign of the lasting banquet that we will celebrate with God because in the end, those who are with God will win. We will win through this. Job 36, 16 says, God is gently calling you from the jaws of distress. Underline that the jaws of distress to an open place of freedom where he has set your table full of best foods. 
He has set a table before you in the presence of your enemies and he's calling you from the jaws of, are you, are you, are you distressed? Are you in the mouth? Are you in the teeth of that which is distressing you? Has someone caught you? Are, you? are you stuck there somewhere? Do you feel stuck? Are you afraid? Do you feel like sharks circling you? I don't know what you're going through right now. But he says, God gently calls you from the jaws of distress to an open place of freedom. To an open, right in the middle. I've been thinking about this this whole week. And I'm thinking right in the middle of my struggles, God lays a table out. What do you need when you're tired? What do you need when you're distressed and when you're, when you're afraid and when you're hungry? You need a good hot meal. Sometimes God knows what we need. We need to relax. We need to be fed. We need a banquet. And God puts out a banquet. Let me take a time out and talk about this banquet thing. Because the word banquet in, in the original is actually God's table. He sets a table out for you. Uh, when I was in uh, Kazakhstan, I was with some friends over there and they had called me and I was the guest uh, of honor that day. And uh, they met in, in a tent. They call it a yurt. And they met in a tent and they had set a table for me after church for lunch. And you all sit on the ground and it is a low table and it's called a dastar khan. It's called a dastar khan and it's a wide long table uh, and, and people sit all around it kind of like in Jesus times. And the table is absolutely flooded with foods. I'm going to be talking breads and cheeses and meats and fruits and there's you don't know which comes first the dessert or the mains everything's on the table and it's laid out and that's all I could think of when I saw that table all I could think of is it's laid out and the way the pastor over there says he says come on in a dastar khan has been laid out for you a dastar khan has been laid out for you and that is the picture here God welcomes you into fellowship with him in the middle of your battle in the middle of your battle. See, he knows what you need. He knows that in the middle of what you're struggling with, you need time out with him. You need fresh refreshing from him. You need to be fed by him. And therefore he lays a banquet out, not later, not before, but in the middle of your enemies, in the middle of the battlefield. God wants to bless you and God wants to show the whole world that he's on your side. Write it down. Number two, God wants to bless you and he wants to show his goodness to you in front of everybody. You put it down in your own words. Make it your own personal promise that God not only wants to be good to you, he wants to be good to you in the presence of your enemies. He wants to show good to you in the presence of your enemies. Psalm 31 verse 19 says, your goodness is so great. Your goodness is so great. You have stored up great blessings for those who honor you. You have done so much for those who come to you for protection, blessing them before watching the world. Blessing them before a watching world. Blessing them in front of a watching world. God loves to throw a victory celebration so that everybody may know that he's with you and that he is for you. Psalm 35 verse 27 says, How great is the Lord. He is pleased with the success of his servant. He's pleased with the success of his servant. My friend, my brother and sister, you don't believe it maybe. You're not convinced about it maybe. But God's on your side and God wants to fight this battle for you. He wants to win this battle for you. 
right in the middle of your toughest time, he'll spread out a table. Not because it's a pretense that everything's okay, but because right in the middle of our greatest hardships is when we most need him. So let's go to number four. What's on the menu? What's on the table? What do we have here? What is God putting out for us? God's banquet is in your honor. So he's going to put out stuff that you like, that you need, that you need to hear, that you need to eat. And it's all put out in this wonderful book called the Bible. There are 5,500 promises for you in this word. 5,500 promises for you in this word. 365 fear nots in this book. And with all the promises that God has made to you, do you know? Do you know what those promises are? Are you familiar with what God has promised for you for today? For that interview that you're going to? For that difficult person that you're dealing with? For that financial crisis that you're struggling through? For that sin that you're stuck in over and over again? For that guilt that you're battling? For every situation of your life, for every battle of your life, there is a victory promise. Do you know what that promise is? Are you feasting? Are you chewing on that promise or are you chewing on fear? Are you chewing on what the world is telling you? Are you hearing the voices of your enemies more than the voices, voice of your God? Your God has a banquet and the banquet is his word. And his word has over 5,500 promises right here for you to understand, chew on, so that you could be arrogantly, audaciously dependent on him right in the center of your battle. That you're the only one who can take time out and go have a feast in the middle of your battle because God's fighting your battle for you. Your banquet is your Bible. Where is your Bible? Can you remember where you kept it? Is, it? is your name on it? Have you marked the promises? Have you been chewing on it? Have you been eating it? Does it look unused? Is it in a version that you cannot understand? Is it in a place that you cannot find? Where is your Bible? How are you doing with your Bible? What's your relationship with it? How much are you feasting on the Word? Psalm 119 verse 105, 119 is, is, is a, it's an epic uh, account of the worth of the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 105, 103 says, The promises of your word, the promises of your word taste sweet to me. They taste sweeter than honey in my mouth. They taste sweeter than honey in my mouth. God's word tells you what God's word is all about. God's word says it's strength. God's word says it's water. God's word says it's a mirror. God's word says it's strength for you every day. God's word says it's encouragement. It's like a wing in, uh, in, 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 in sunny times. God's word says it feeds you. It gives you life. It sustains you. It, it protects you. God's word says it, 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 it uh, invigorates you. How much time every day are you spending in the word of God. Are you fasting? Instead of feasting on God's word. Many of you come ready to receive the message on Sunday morning. And you love the message on Sunday morning. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you that you love the sermon. And that sometimes you go over the sermon during the week. But what if you did a before and after photograph? Like many of these diet programs. 
You did a before and after photograph, and you did a before when you used to eat every day, and you did an after when you ate only once a week. And you ate your food, normal food, regular food, once a week, and for the whole week you didn't eat anything, and then you came and you ate again for a whole week. After four weeks, you would be absolutely unhealthy, thin, sickly, and you will not be fit. Can I be honest with you? That after picture is pretty bad. And sometimes that's the picture of our spiritual life. My friend, my dear brothers and sisters, some of us are not doing that great with our spiritual life. We're not feeding on the word. Starting with me and you, we're not doing that great. One of the biggest relationships, most important relationships is with our Bible. And unless we really know the worth of the Bible, that God has a word for you, God has a banquet for you. It's your Bible. The banquet is your Bible. And until I believe that God has a word for me right in the middle of my... I'm not going to go hear from Him. I'm not going to go hear from Him. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, Learn to savor how good the Lord is. How do you do that? How do you enjoy a person? By talking to them. By listening to them. You're not going to go to the Bible unless your view of the Bible is a beneficial view. Your view of the Bible determines how much you enjoy it. If some people view the Bible as, a, as an instruction tool, an instruction manual. Now, how often do you look at an instruction tool? Only when you're putting something back together. Or when something breaks, that's when you go to an instruction tool. Uh, some people think of it as an insurance policy. Trust me, how many of you have read your own insurance policies? We don't read our own insurance policies. It's boring. It's not many. We just say, oh, come on, where, where do I need to sign? We don't read our insurance policy. Some of you think of it's a map. So only when you're lost, you look at the map. How you see it is how you're going to go for it. But you know what the Bible is? It is a love letter from God to you. It's a love letter that specifically had you in mind when God wrote it. The Bible is not about you, but it is definitely for you. And God wants to say something to you right in the middle of your challenge, in the middle of your war, in the middle of your battle, in the middle of your valley. He prepares a banquet. He throws a table before you in the middle of your enemies, right in the heart of the battle. If you're not in this book, then you're going to forget how much God loves you. See, there's a lot of inspiration out there. There's Instagram, there is WhatsApp, there's Facebook, and everybody's sending a very pretty uh, picture with a verse thrown in somewhere. The picture's so pretty that sometimes we miss the verse. I want to say something to you and I want to end with this. And I want us to, because I, I said this to myself this morning while driving. I said this to myself and I made this a prayer for my own life. There's a lot of inspiration out there. There's a lot of quotes and quotations out there. There's a lot of inspiration. And we can look to everyone else. Listen to me carefully. We could look to preachers. We could look to inspirationals. We could look to videos, YouTube videos. We could tag and we could share 101,000 videos and speeches and quotes. But as until you hear God speak to you for yourself, you will not know the power of that feast, the joy of that feast. I hope you're hearing me. Every quotation, every inspirational truth, every beautiful picture, every poem is someone else saying something to someone else. But when you 
open the word of God in the middle of your trial and God speaks directly to you that's not inspiration that is transformation that's what God's saying straight to your heart for your very need for your very time for your very purpose are you hearing God's voice more than you're hearing everybody else's are you hearing God's voice more than you're hearing your enemies why is David so audaciously arrogant about Jesus being his shepherd let me do this again the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death uh -uh, I'm not gonna fear any evil for he's with me his rod and his staff they comfort me and then in the middle of my battle he throws a banquet for me in the very presence of my enemies why is David so audacious about his Savior because he's heard directly from him he knows his voice and as we end this series I want to ask you do you know his voice do you know his word do you know your Bible do you know his promises come come to the Lord's table come sit down this banquet is for you and the host is God and the timing is smack bang in the middle of your greatest challenge and the goal is that you would know it's just a picture of an after party because there's going to be a party after everything's done let me read it for you let me read the scripture for you the Bible says in Isaiah 25 or 6 and 6 through 9 the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of the finest foods for all peoples that's every nation a banquet of the best of meats and finest wines and on this mountain God will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples that's death a shroud enfolds death and the sheet that covers all nations that's poverty and problems and everything else he will swallow up death forever the sovereign Lord will wipe away every tear from all faces and he will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth and in that day God's gonna make it count for everyone who trusted him God's gonna make it count for everyone who stood for him God's gonna make it count there will be a day where all of the embarrassment and all of the persecution will cease and you will be the conquerors and you and I will be the ones who are celebrated and in that day they will say surely this is our God we trusted in him and he saved us yes this is the Lord we trusted him so let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation take a moment be quiet refresh your commitment to hear God's voice in the middle of any time especially tough times take the card that has been given to you tick your decision are you deciding to follow Jesus as your Savior are you deciding to become a part of the church so that the family will strengthen you are you deciding to grow by attending 201 the class that teaches you all about God's Word and how to grow deep I'm going to teach this next week next week I'm going to teach it right after Sunday service and I want you to be there and I want you to understand how to do this how to get into God's Word I don't want you to miss out on this we teach everybody how to be rich in the Word of God be rich in the character of Christ come sign up for that take a moment right now be quiet and as this video plays the song plays 
take a moment, just be quiet, and you make a fresh commitment to Christ. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord, as your Master, as your Savior, as your Shepherd, do it today. Do it today. Because for tomorrow, you'll be a sheep with a shepherd. And you will not be found wanting. No need. You will be without any need. Because He will be your shepherd. God bless you.